Welcome to another episode of She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. How are you doing? Now, before we start this episode, I did just want to let you know about some changes that are happening here at She's at the Wheel. When I started this podcast, I had a really clear idea of what I wanted to achieve in regards to income. From the very beginning, I wanted to work with brands. I wanted to offer advertising space. I also wanted to do sponsorship deals and create some income from those partnerships with brands. The brands I've worked with so far, I've been really happy with working with them and it's been really positive. So it's not a reflection on anything that I've already done. But going forward, I would like to offer this podcast as something that isn't full of ad breaks basically or product reviews because I want to focus on what I wanted to do which was to highlight women in this community and focus on their stories. So I've made the decision that I'm just not going to do that anymore. That is not what I feel is right for this podcast. Saying that though, I would like to make an income from this podcast. So what I have decided to do is I've set up a PayPal Dot me account for She's at the Wheel. So if you would like to donate to this podcast and support what I'm doing, you can make a donation at paypal.me forward slash she's at the wheel. So this podcast will be ad free from now on. Hopefully that will be good news to you podcast listeners out there that just prefer to have your podcasts and not have to listen to adverts. So today is a very special day. It is six months since I moved into my van. And I tell you what, it's fucking difficult. (laughs) It honestly has been the absolute best and the absolute worst of times. (laughs) But what I do know for sure is that when I look in the mirror, I see someone that is strong, fit and happy. I've had a really, really difficult few weeks. Number one, the heat. I could not deal with with the heat this summer. I am not a lover of the sun and I can't tell you how happy I am that it's now howling outside and raining and cold. It's like, oh thank god. All the places that I normally park up, I do understand the public places. I, I know that. I'm not laying claim to them but those places felt like home to me. It had taken me quite some time to get into a routine of where I parked and that just went out of the window because all of those places were just filled with noise from seven in the morning till about 11 at night. So I had to completely reimagine what my life looked like and being so unable to cope with the stresses of this lifestyle, I just couldn't problem solve and I became so stressed to the point where I actually began to have physical symptoms of stress. I was not coping at all. I was, I'm pretty sure I cried every day. I felt so isolated. I didn't have any friends around. I do have family in the city, which meant I could at least go and hang out there sometimes, which really helped. But I had all these dreams of coming down to Plymouth and catching up with all my family and friends and just having such a nice time and what it just turned into was me on my own in my van crying because I'm too hot and I don't know where I want to sleep. I think with this lifestyle it is very up and down and you have these moments that are like so beautiful and they just make it worthwhile but when you go three weeks without any of those moments and you've just got the downs that is so difficult when you are part of a unit or a pair or whatever it is so much easier I'm going to talk about that a little bit next week about that subject but I just want to say I have the utmost respect for anyone doing this lifestyle on their own because it's so much more difficult and the isolation 
and the hard times when you're on your own you've really got to be strong to deal with it I am so proud that I managed to get through it even though it was difficult even though I definitely could have coped better I did get through it and I and I did choose to stay in my van even though there were times that I had an offer you know from my family to oh you, you know you can come and stay at our house for a bit as much as I wanted to run away I didn't and I'm so proud that I didn't do that because to me that shows that I have chosen this lifestyle and like even when it's difficult I'm not going to run away I am just going to continue to do it when I have my little breakdowns I actually know that I can pick myself up and I really believe that so I am grateful six months in the van now I had the van obviously before that as well I feel like I've pretty much done it all now with regards to where I'm parking I've parked at campsites I've parked in friends land or friends drives I've parked on the roadside I've parked in public car parks I've parked out in the countryside in the middle of nowhere I've traveled all around Scotland I've traveled up and down the UK I've hung out at Stonehenge I've I feel like I've got a good idea now of what this lifestyle is like and I would say out of all the different places I've stayed staying in a city is the hardest People always talk about, especially when you're a woman, when you're going to move into a van, people are always wanting to highlight to you like about the subject of safety. And now I would honestly say like the most dangerous thing to a woman alone in a van is not being attacked by some random person. It's the stress and the pressure on your mental health, which is the real danger and if you can overcome that and you can get through that then you'll be absolutely fine so yeah i'm not gonna sit here and and say oh yeah six months it's been amazing no it has been amazing but it's also been fucking awful (laughs) like it's fucking hard okay like i can't say it's not like it is really hard and i feel as if i've become like a more serious person (laughs) living this way and like but I have to say there are many many benefits too so for balance I'm going to read you some of an article that I wrote about the secret benefits of van life so what are the secret benefits of van life and how has going full-time changed my perspective We've all heard about waking up to a different view every morning, sleeping next to the beach and saving money on accommodation. But what about the deep, meaningful changes that deciding to live in a vehicle brings? Social life slash community. Anyone who is in it knows the van life community is full of friendly, helpful, like-minded individuals. Van dwellers are generally ready to support you if you need it, share a campfire, give you advice or recommend a good local park up. Next, physical health. I've always been someone that hates exercise. It feels too much like homework, but living in a van is a great way to stay fit. Get your squats in while drying your hair under a hand dryer in a public toilet. Increase your step count while walking around trying to find the public toilet. Flex your muscles filling your water container. And do your stretches while constantly moving things round and tidying up. I feel fitter and stronger than I've ever been and I'm so grateful for that. Next point, keeping life simple. So if you want to keep your sanity whilst living in a van, there really is only one option. Keep life simple. Eliminating less important things is a necessity as your time and energy becomes more precious. Just being able to sit and not have a van-related job that needs doing feels like pure bliss. You can also see more clearly what really is important to you. This in turn means that the simple things in life, such as a campfire with friends or a walk by a river, becomes more pleasurable than before. And if you're parked somewhere nice, you can experience these things right on your doorstep. Another point that I would like to add is I do feel like this lifestyle actually highlights things that you need to deal with in your own life. For example, I have a back issue which 
can really affect me. I cannot hide from it. I cannot run from it. If I can't move or if I'm having trouble moving around, I'm in trouble pretty quickly. My water runs out. My toilet gets full. It's pretty instant. So I need to be on top of my health. And it's scary sometimes being faced with things in that way, which is quite a brutal way to be faced with your issues. But at the same time, what a gift to be faced with your issues and to have to deal with them. So next point, living in the present. When I first moved into my van, one of the reasons I was so tired and overwhelmed was that I was constantly thinking ahead of all the things I needed to do. This was so stressful that I had to force myself to live in the present moment and just deal with the first thing that needed my attention. One thing at a time is my new mantra. This has eliminated a lot of worrying and overthinking and I have no choice but to let go and try and relax amongst the chaos of my living space. Right, well, I am I wrote this a while ago and I have to say I do feel slightly hypocritical because I definitely have eliminated my overthinking but being able to let go and relax, I'm still working on that one, I have to say. This next one, okay, material possessions. My relationship to buying things has been completely transformed since sorting through all my crap and also having less space. Whilst going through that sorting process to move into my van, something changed within me as I experienced the concept of need versus want. Now, even the thought of buying something and finding it a place to live in my van makes me feel nauseous and brings on a headache. I now have no reason to go into a shop to look around and see it as such a waste of time. Being freed from the vicious cycle of consumption is one of the greatest gifts this new life has given me. I feel like I've escaped one of the most toxic traps of our modern world, buying pointless things and creating more and more waste. And something I want to add to that as well, since I wrote this article, I'm going to say I'm going even deeper because I always felt as if I was on the fringes of society because of my job as a musician. But now I honestly feel like I have just completely dropped out. I'm really just doing what I want to do now. I am letting these this programming just fall away. So it has been difficult, but I just wanted to talk about some of the positives as well because I kind of want to try and balance things out. I have recently returned from the Van Life Eats Big Picnic. What an amazing weekend. I had such a good time. It just is getting bigger and better every year. Last year was amazing and Sophie and Mark, who put it on um, from Van Life Eats, they just worked so hard all year to bring a bigger, better festival for this year. The live music was amazing. As a musician myself, I actually did perform as well, which was really brilliant and I really enjoyed it. But I, what I wanted to say was the music, the variety of performers was amazing. They even had a brass band. They had a big picnic on the Saturday afternoon and they did a there was a big brass band there playing covers of like Bohemian Rhapsody and Eye of the Tiger and stuff like that. It was so brilliant. To get together with the van life community is always an amazing opportunity to see your friends and I was so happy to catch up with friends and also to meet some people that I've interviewed on the podcast over Zoom but haven't actually met before so that was awesome. The atmosphere was amazing, they had a huge fire pit which was just amazing. The whole thing was so well organised and I just want to say thank you so much Sophie and Mark for such an amazing event. It really was amazing and if you are looking to get tickets for next year they will get snapped up really quickly so make sure that you put it in your calendar. I imagine it will be the August bank holiday next year and if you go to vanlifefeats.com there'll be ticket information for next year. So this episode's guest I actually caught up with at the big picnic. It was so amazing to finally meet her and I know you're going to love this interview. You've got double cat today because my guest for this episode is Cat, aka Wandering Bird. In 2018, she quit her job to travel Europe in a motorhome with her bewildered husband and her overexcited puppy, the gorgeous Mac. 
Since then, she's visited over 21 countries and driven over 60,000 miles. So Kat is a force of nature. She's got so many strings to her bow. Is that a saying? I feel like it is. What I'm trying to say is she's multi-talented. She's a writer, she's a blogger, she's got a website, she does talks. She is just an absolute fountain of knowledge for anything motorhome travel related. So if you're interested in getting started on your journey, if you're looking for Europe touring tips, motorhoming or van life tips, if you'd like advice on choosing or buying a camper van, or if you want help planning a road trip, Wandering Bird is the place to look for this information. It was such a pleasure to meet Kat and to have this chat with her, and I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Kat. Well, I'm here at the Van Life Eats Big Picnic 2022 with the wonderful cat, otherwise known as Wandering Bird. Hi, cat. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. This is fun. Yes. <laughs> cat and cat that could get We've... really confusing. <laughs> yes. So what vehicle do you have, cat? So I've got a motorhome. Uh, it's a Swift Escape 685. This is our third van. So our first one we bought about four years ago. That was all, We all had motorhomes. I keep looking at camper vans because oh, in my really? heart, I'm yeah. a little camper van surfer chick, um, except for the fact that I'm 5'11 and I'm too big for camper vans and I just get claustrophobic and no. Um, so I've had to get over the fear of driving a motorhome because I don't want a vehicle smaller and living in it full time. I, I yeah. I like having a, a, a motorhome rather than a camper. Yeah, and didn't you um, rent a camper van recently and you said it was easy, it was like easier to drive? Is that I yeah. remember? So, yeah, so, well, it all went a bit horribly wrong because I rented one in March to do Norfolk with a friend of mine. She's got a little camper van too. And we didn't anticipate that it would be snowing and minus four and it didn't have heating. It barely had insulation. <laughs> if anything was going to put me off of camper van life, then that was it. I was like, yeah. I miss my motor home. Oh my God, <laughs> it, did. yeah. it didn't go well. No. Um, in fairness, it was probably my fault for renting that van in March, but never mind. Yes, never mind. <laughs> never exactly. mind. So you've had three motorhomes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. no... Yeah, we kept the first one. The first one was wrong for us in every way. We literally bought the first van that we could find, that we could afford, which wasn't very much, that had mm. two sleeping areas, because um, myself and my husband in one, and then my daughter in the other one. And it had an overcab bed, which is awful for touring Europe, because it puts you over three metres, which means that the tolls are way more expensive. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, and it was just not the right layout for us, because um, we only had the one small area. This van's got an end lounge, so we've got two areas, which just gives us all a bit more space. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important, isn't it? When you're sharing a space to have that, even if it's just more like a psychological thing, you've got yeah. a smaller space, but you do have your separate area. Yeah, especially yeah. as when my husband, I mean, he doesn't travel with me so much because he's been poorly, mm. but when we were traveling together all the time, we both worked from the road. So it was really important. He drove me insane when we had to work next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> so having two spaces to work on was really important. <laughs> and so, so your first one was... Not right. What about the second one? So the second one I loved, but it was over three and a half tonnes, which means I couldn't drive ah. it. And okay. I should have just done my C1 licence, but I decided to sell it and get a smaller van because yeah. that seemed way easier than doing my C1. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And also our daughter hit 18 and went to uni. Mm -hmm. uh, well, via a long covid process but that's oh, really yeah. oh god it was a nightmare um but she stopped traveling us basically so we didn't need such a long van anymore so we downsized okay so, yeah so it's a bit like goldilocks yes yeah now you've got one and your and this one did you say what it was a swift, a swift 685 mm -hmm. escape and i love it and i keep looking at other vans and i can't find one that's under seven meters that's under three and a half tons with a decent payload that i like a layout as much so we're, I think we're pretty set on this for a while. Yeah, and it's so lovely in here. Um, and these seats are the comfiest seats Aren't I've they? ever sat on. I know, they're like, so good. They're so nice. Yeah. And um, so what facilities do you have in this motorhome? So she's really well kitted out because we've toured Europe and we pretty much like to stay off grid as much as we can. So obviously it's got bathroom, toilet, shower. Um, the end lounge goes into a double bed, which I'm lazy and keep up as a double bed most of the <laughs> yeah. time. But 
yeah, sometimes I put it away. It actually has got a drop down bed above our heads. But the problem with yeah. that is it only drops down to about, I'm making a hand thing and then it's yeah. a podcast. No one can see where my <laughs> hand thing is. Uh, but basically I can't sit up in the bed when it's dropped down. Okay. And because I travel with my spaniel a lot, I'm always scared he's going to roll out of bed. Yeah. So I don't use that, but that makes the most amazing attic for like coats oh, and yeah. bits and like solar panels for the eco flow and things. Amazing. It's just the best attic. Um, and yeah, otherwise it's, yeah, she's pretty, pretty well kitted out. Got an oven yeah. and a hob and a fridge. I love the fridge. It's massive. Is that, oh my God. So you've got like a full size fridge? Yeah, like with a, a tiny little freezer bit in it. It's like... How much is that? It's it's like a prop. It's like one of those big like smeg fridges, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's amazing. I know. It's How so nice good. To have that. And when you're staying off yeah. grid as well, it works because you can just mm-hmm. have all your food and not have to worry about going shopping. Yeah. And you've got oh, is that a microwave? Yeah. You've got? Oh my goodness. Obviously, we're in a field at yeah. the moment, so it's not working. But yeah, yeah. yeah. got microwave, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laser girl cooking. And you've got loads of storage. Yeah. And, and um, what kind of electric setup do you have? So we've got a solar panel on the roof. We've just got the one. I think it's 110 watts. And then we've only got one battery. And it's just a normal bog standard battery. We haven't gone lithium or anything crazy like that. And I reckon we can get off grid for about four or five days. Wow. Which is really cool. We've got an inverter on the leisure battery as well. So Mm -hmm. I charge everything while we're driving. Yeah. And I've also got an EcoFlow, which I yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually got a Jackery as well, but my husband stole it for his workshop. Oh. Um, and they're both really good, but I've got the EcoFlow and that just helps because I, I'm on my laptop all the time working and stuff. So that I just, I can charge it off the inverter or the mm-hmm. EcoFlow. I love the EcoFlow because like now we're in a field, I could sit outside and take it with me and it charges. I love it. It's yeah. brilliant. So that's like a portable power station. Yeah, it's literally yeah. just, it's yeah. under there. It's literally just a little battery pack. Mm-hmm. It's fab. You mentioned that you and your husband both work on the road. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? <laughs> so, okay, let's go back to the beginning. So I used to be an air traffic controller when we got our very first van. And then we found ourselves in the middle of the Swiss Alps and staring up at the Milky Way. Have you ever seen the actual Milky Way? It's... I think maybe what... Yeah, Unbelievable. Once, yeah. And I'm saying it like... That really, how have I never seen that? How am I in my 30s and I've never seen the real yeah. Milky Way? And I said to, said to him, I was like, how, how can we do more of this? How can we travel more? And he was like, well, your job is really, really messing this up because people like air traffic controllers to be in the building rather yeah. than plugging in from elsewhere. <laughs> so we initially went to go for a sabbatical and I tried to, what well, we did really quickly, downsized our life. I mean, we were on the boat anyway. We had a house at that time because my mother-in-law had been really poorly and she'd oh. sadly passed away. And that kind of led to the whole motorhome buying bit in the first place. So we still were just coming out at the end of our rental thing with a house. So we downsized all that. We were on the boat. I found that if I stopped buying all the stuff that you buy when you have a decent income and just don't, it's amazing how much money you can not, not use and uh, yeah. how much how little you can live on so we ended up being able to live on his income really well so he does a lot with software and something with insurance that i never really pay attention to because <laughs> it sounds really quite boring yeah um and i that sounds awful doesn't it <laughs> been together 19 years i'm not entirely sure what my husband does for a living <laughs> <laughs> Shh, let's hope he never Is listens he to this no <laughs> no <laughs> I work in insurance. Insurance, I know. Ask any more questions after that, are they? It's really funny. So many people say that because he doesn't like his face. Uh, oh my he's God, ex-military yes. and he doesn't like his face yeah. on like the videos or the website or anything. Um, and that was just because of the way he was brought up. You you didn't show who you were, especially when you were in the military. Um, and so many people are like, is he a spy? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he might be away a slightly more if he was instead of oh, yeah, travelling with true. me in a van yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway he's so he's insurance yeah. uh, slash spy yeah yep. slash spy yep. he's going to love this yep. and then um, obviously I quit my job and we went travelling which sounds idyllic except that about two months in I was bored so bored and my brain was so used to going Woo! Like, again making hand gestures no one can see what I'm doing here but that's what I'm doing um so I started a little website like a little blog and today we did this and today we bought coffee and I was like yeah okay um and it just grew into wandering bird which is now enormous so but it kept my brain going and it's kept me entertained and yeah 
it's fun. Although I work way harder on that than I ever, ever did as an air traffic controller. Oh, that's great though. That's <laughs> like it means you're passionate. I love about it. it. Yeah, yeah, I do love it. It's and, cool. Um, for anyone who doesn't know about your website and everything, um, what exactly do you do on your website? You've got a website. You've got a blog. You've I've got, got three books, now. You've got all sorts, <laughs> and it's kind of like um, a really great place to go, isn't it? Just to, to find out information. Is that? Yeah, so that's how it? how it yeah. kind of evolved. So people would start asking me questions. So it went from being a daily, today I did this blog, to being kind of, I like to think it's quite helpful and like a beginner's sort of starting point. So whether you're looking to buy a van or whether you've just got a van or whether you want to go wild camping or whether you want to go to Europe for the first time, those are kind of the four pillars that I targeted because those were the biggest questions I was getting. Um, so it, it just grew. And then I've got a YouTube channel that goes along with that and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all those things <laughs> and it's just me running in circles trying to keep <laughs> up with them all <laughs> and yeah it's an amazing I love your website like oh, I thanks. just think it's a brilliant and it's so nice to know that you can go somewhere and find out all that information because when you're right at the beginning of the journey to have someone like you that's there to like guide people through the process like it's just so valuable and I'm sure yeah. like so many people have really you know benefited and oh, you must be you. responsible for so many adventures that's that my favorite yeah. bit like I get yeah. emails almost every day from people saying oh you helped me buy my favorite van or you helped me get the courage to go to Europe but it's like oh that's what I love oh, yeah. but it's amazing how much you don't know that you don't know like even like, I've been doing this for years now but as a couple and for the last few months I've been doing it on my own mm-hmm. And stupid things like levelling the van when I got to this field. I was like, oh, yeah. I've never had to do this on my own. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it, it's quite tough. And you kind of yes. relearn how to do stuff, whether you're doing it as a solo or a couple or, you know, parents with a kid. And I've kind of had all those experiences now, which is quite nice. I feel like yeah. the sort of the knowledge base is always growing. And, and then I get to share that with people, which is amazing. Just talking about your website and your blog and everything. So it kind of focuses on what you've done as well. So when you quit your job, you've done a lot of travelling, haven't you? Yeah. And what have been like the highlights for you for your trip? Goodness. We've been lucky to be some some amazing places. I mean, in the UK, I love Scotland and Wales. I mean, mm-hmm. England. The problem is, if I don't mention somewhere, people are going to be like, this is amazing. And it is. There's so many amazing places. But yeah. I love mountains. Mountains mm-hmm. are my passion and, like, my happy place. So in the UK, Scotland and Wales, I really want to do Ireland. And I still haven't. I've been, like, personally, but I've not taken the van yet. And then in Europe, oh my God, so many places. The Swiss Alps were incredible. Norway's amazing. I'm talking about that at the NEC this year. Like just oh, sharing cool. our Norway travels and stuff because it's just, I can't wait to go back. Ooh, ice oh, cream. ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Cut, cut. So Norway, yeah. Norway's good. Yeah. But I think one of my favourite places was the Dolomites in northern oh, Italy. Right. Oh my yeah. God, it's amazing. If you ever get a chance to go, go. Is that like, are they quite spiky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're Kat, called I'm... mountains, cat. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, the Dolomites, they're spiky. Yes, they are. But they are spikier than normal mountains. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember someone. Yeah, yeah. they've got these yeah. really incredible rock from they don't look like any mountain I've seen before. So they're kind of part of the Alps but not really and they're so specific so we were going down to Croatia and we were doing sort of Slovenia than Croatia and somebody said oh you've got to go to the Dolomites I'm like meh all right in fact, we're literally driving past it we'll go for a day yeah we ended up spending four or five days in there it was just oh. amazing yeah I love that and you've got some beautiful photography um who Thank does you. your photos do me you, is that all you? <laughs> I do everything <laughs> Photos. My goal yeah. is to get better and I have a really posh expensive camera that I never use because I don't know how to do anything with it. The only yeah. time I ever use it is when I'm doing like astrophotography because I love stars and astronomy and all that mm-hmm. stuff. 90% of my photos are taken with my iPhone. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I know you've definitely got a talent there. Thanks, that's sweet of you. You say that you like the stars and stuff. Do you think that spending more time traveling around in this way, do you feel like your hobbies or the things you do have become more outdoorsy or were you always quite outdoorsy or into nature and all that or That's a really good question. I think having a dog has made us more outdoorsy and we didn't get the dog till after we had the van 
uh, we actually got the dog so the first time our daughter decided not to travel with us we went up to Norway and she was supposed to fly out and she kept saying no 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 and literally like a week into the trip I started looking at puppies online oh yeah <laughs> and we ended up buying a dog while we were in Norway and the lady was like look you've got to come and get him by the end of this week and we're like we're in Norway it's a four-day drive she was like I'll hold him for four days and we're like oh my god so we had this mad drive. I don't know how we did it, but he's amazing. You're kidding. No. And that's Mac. And that's he's Mac. A spaniel. He is a Welsh Cocker Spaniel. Yeah. He's now four and a bit. Um, and he's lovely. And he definitely gets me outdoors. And he loves anything to do with water, yeah. walks, balls. So, yeah, he's magic. And I think, I think just being in the van more connects you more with nature, which I love. Because yeah. whether, whether it's raining or snowing, if you're in a camper van with no insulation, or yeah. even when it's like in the heat wave recently, mm-hmm. you are so much more aware of what the weather's doing, totally. which I love. Yeah. yeah. But then I suppose living on a boat for so long, I kind of used to that a bit, mm-hmm. maybe more than you would be in a house. Yeah. So let's talk about your boat. So you've had a, have you had a few boats? Yeah, I've had three yeah. boats as well. Oh, three boats, three vans. <laughs> like to balance these things. Three boats yeah. And three vans. Oh, brilliant. So. What did you start with then, boat-wise? So we got a boat back in 2003 because our options were either buy a boat and live on it. We couldn't afford, we, like, we had no money. Couldn't afford like a proper house. Couldn't even afford a rent. Um, it was either buy a small boat or live with my mother-in-law. <laughs> Out yeah. of those two options. Boat. Yes. Boat. Give but our that boat. boat, it was yeah. that tiny. I couldn't stand up in it. It like, had no headroom. But we lived on that for a few months. And then I made the mistake of going to the toilet in one of the marinas. I know. How dare I? Um, and when I came out of the toilet, my boyfriend had put a um, deposit down on another boat. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I've been gone 10 minutes. How have you done this? And, and then that was, again, it was a wreck. It was a concrete boat, our second one, which I'd never heard of. Like, con- What's that? Like, literally a boat made of concrete. I know, that's the face I pulled. For yeah, those of you who taste. can't see, Kat's like, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. yeah. So we put all our savings into doing up this wreck that was concrete. I was like, it's going to sink. Because it, it wasn't in the water, it was on the hard standing. I was like, it's going like, to someone's sink. Someone's really done us over here. Yeah. So what this. Think, can you imagine the conversation I had with him? And like, I bought a concrete boat. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then about, well, we sailed that actually down from Liverpool down to the South Coast. So that we oh, lived wow. on that for years. And then yeah. uh, we sold our soul and bought a motorboat. So that's on the South Coast now. Oh, so the concrete boat, like, mm. did it have... I'm trying to visualise, like... <laughs> you can't. Like it looked like, like a, a normal yacht. Of Basically, it looked like a normal yacht. So it was it was a sailing boat. Okay. So it had, like, a proper yeah. mast and stuff. But it needed, like, a forsake gale to actually get going. Oh, it was right. that heavy. Like, you couldn't go out unless there was some sort of storm. And then it took about three miles to stop. It was like a bloody tanker. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she, she was all right. She was cool in summer and warm in winter, yeah. so it worked. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is there, like, um, any similarities between living in a van and living in a boat? Is it more different than you'd imagine, or is it...? There are a lot of similarities, but not as many as we thought when we got the van. So we, I think, in our naivety, were like, oh, we can just buy a van and we know what to do, and it's got to be fairly similar. And... I think the skills like living in a small space together and not killing each other and yeah, especially with our (laughs) daughter as well and being able to kind of pick up and move and and being quite nomadic. I think we love that. That's just in our blood. We just really enjoy that. But I think van life's a lot easier because you're not worrying about tides. You're not worrying so much about the wind. Um, You can go inland, which of course you can't on a boat. And so if I had to pick out the two, I'd pick the van because you can just go so many more places with it. Mm -hmm. And also you can travel at kind of 16 miles an hour as opposed to six. Yeah. So people are like, you can go to Cornwall for the weekend. No, it takes two days to get to Cornwall in a boat, whereas you can go and take six hours in a van. So yeah, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. But I love being by the water. Mm-hmm. And I I miss that when I'm inland a lot. I like going back to the boat and like being on the water again. So I like having a bit of both both worlds. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm. And um, you were saying that recently you've been doing more traveling in the van and traveling solo. Yeah. How have you found that? I think exactly like you'd expect. So bits of it I love, and I mean a lot of it I love because I'm still mm. doing it. But there are bits that are definitely have been a learning curve and there are bits like um, we like wild camping a lot, but I'm a lot more cautious about doing that as a girl on my own. I mean, I've got my dog, but he's one of these dogs that will just sit up 
and like stare intently at something. Oh, I'm like, no. what, what, what is that? I'm too scared to open a window. I don't want to know what's out there. And then he'll go back to sleep and I'm like, has it gone? <laughs> and by that point, I'm wide awake. The adrenaline's going. I'm like, oh God. So I tend to use campsites a lot more when I'm on my own. Even like the little yeah. CL sites or something or Brit stops I use. What is CL? So you've got the Camping and Caravan Club and the Caravan and Motorhome Club. They've both got their own like small pitches or small campsites they have like five pitches on mm-hmm. cl i'm gonna get this wrong way around cl is caravan and motorhome club i think and cs is camping and caravanning club and basically if you're a member of the club mm-hmm. you can use their their little site right. but they're just they're really really small very basic they're just normally camping places sometimes right. you've got like waste disposal or you can get fresh water but you haven't got things like a clubhouse or kids playground or stuff like that got you so yeah. they're i like them because they're much quieter mm-hmm. and they haven't got all the hustle and bustle or kids playing and all that right. kind of stuff do you have you... membership to the car yeah the i'm a member both? of both yeah, yeah purely because yeah. i like using the smaller campsites all mm-hmm. over the place um yeah. and then when we travel like i'm going up to scotland a couple of weeks mm-hmm. i've put nothing at all oh really yeah not a stitch because i'm yeah. either going to use brit stops yeah or i'm going to just see if campsites are available as we as we travel yeah. around so and what's brit stops for anyone who so brit know? stops is a scheme in the uk in fact they've got similar schemes all around europe as well but it's basically where if you stay at a pub or a restaurant or um i don't know like a farm shop and you pay some money there so you know buy a meal in the yeah. pub um they've agreed that they will let you stay there for free Mm-hmm. which is really nice because it means that there's more people around so you're not like wild camping in the middle of nowhere yeah so it's a little bit safer mm-hmm. i find uh, yeah what do you do do you just go in and say oh hi oh well then i suppose brit stops it's all arranged already so they're used to people coming in yeah i tend to phone them first purely yeah. for my own peace of mind mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because um because it's a book although they have now got an app as well but i just yeah. it, when it was a book you never know like if something's happened if they've had a on a fire or right. something and it's They're shut i don't want to drive all that way and then find mm-hmm. that there's an issue um it's not quite like the airs in europe which are amazing i mm-hmm. love airs but we don't have quite although we have got a few popping mm-hmm. up but not quite as many and as they're normally europe. paid as well aren't they they yes. seem to pop up in this country paid which yeah. is a real shame because in europe you yeah can kind of park anywhere can't you in the yeah i mean they're and... not expensive i've stayed in a few yeah. that are like fiver and yeah um yeah. so yeah and i know like a lot of the park and rides they have mm-hmm. motorhome things and they're often yes. like three or four quid for the 24 hours mm-hmm. which is brilliant yeah. so there are options that are mm-hmm. cheaper but yeah we haven't got quite the same same system that they've got in europe yeah do you have you called your motorhome does your motorhome have like a name have you named her yeah she's stevie stevie as in the great escape but she's a girl okay so she can't be steve she's stevie right yeah no, that's fair. <laughs> yes um, so Steve, yeah, Stevie, do you, um, how have you found like driving Stevie and also like parking? Like, yeah. A bigger, how do you find This has that? been a massive learning curve for me mm. this year because my husband likes to drive and he hates being driven and I'm yeah. a navigator. I used to be a helicopter navigator in the Navy, so I can read a map and, um, he, we always just naturally fell into that role pretty much with every van. And then obviously the last van, I couldn't drive it. So he got used to driving it and we often tow our motorbikes on a trailer behind the van. Yeah. So, and I don't like driving with a trailer. So no. he, I, I've always kind of just let him drive and I've navigated. And now obviously because I'm doing it on my own a lot, I've had to learn to drive the beast. <laughs> uh, and sometimes, honestly, at the beginning, it was terrifying. And like now I'm parked up a hill going, I'm going to have to do a hill start to get out of this. Oh. And there's so many people going to watch yeah. uh, and get off the chocks as well. It's yeah. old. I might do it in a bit while no one's looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's absolutely, in fact, I put a video out on my YouTube channel recently about it because I get it. I was terrified, really nervous. And it's one of those things that until you start doing it, you won't get better at it. And the nerves, you're never going to not feel nervous you just have mm-hmm. to do it and yeah. the biggest thing with a vehicle this side remember you've got a freaking big ass and yes. just as you go yeah. around a corner like it's still going oh it is still going yeah. <laughs> you were saying you've done some youtube videos about you know your experience of this yeah. and so something that i really love about your instagram is you've got loads of reels right? <laughs> yeah 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 they're all of you and like they're quite close up to your face and you're chatting and yeah. you're like doing funny things and like i love like honestly i really rarely go on instagram but oh. i love watching your one well, thanks i'm just like oh wow what's she doing now <laughs> so um i just wondered were you straight away like comfortable to do that or did no. it take you time to no yeah. i, I... Oh, it was one of those things where the problem with 
well, the good side, I suppose, traveling is you have these incredible footage and you have videos and you have photos and not sharing that or being able to share like only a photograph on a website it was a bit of a shame so people were asking like well what's this place like so i was creating a little video and putting them on youtube but i i hate you know when you're editing and you hear your voice back and you're like oh my god do i really yeah. sound like that i hate it and i'm really really slow at editing i have yeah. so much footage that i just like when you come off a holiday you've got 40 hours i'm like i know yeah. no i'm not even nobody's seeing that because i cannot sit <laughs> through 40 hours of myself um the reels i love because they're like 30 to 60 seconds and Again, I just kind of got over the fact that I look at it and go, oh, God, Catherine, <laughs> what are you thinking? Because people like yourself are really sweet and give me nice feedback. And and, and I find them quite fun to do. So, I yeah, I quite enjoy doing them. And again, I like the ones that are kind of helpful and people are like, oh, that was really helpful. Thank you. But then I like the really funny ones that just I find yeah. a noise. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that's why it's so nice because you probably, you can tell that you're like really enjoying it. Yeah. And, like you've got such a bubbly personality and I think it really comes through. Like oh. it really does. Like, yeah. <laughs> so obviously we've talked about your website. You've got a blog as well. Mm-hmm. And am I right in thinking you wrote five books in the <laughs> pandemic? <laughs> yeah most people had a holiday I got bored I mean honestly I do the best stupidest things when I'm bored um yeah I did so people have been asking for a while like was there a way of downloading all the information off my website and I was like no um and I was like yes I just put it into a book so I wrote I didn't actually copy and paste I had to start basically started all over again and wrote so I've started with four so the complete guide to buying a motorhome yeah and then I've got motorhoming made simple which is basically just how to live with your van and not break it hopefully um and then i've got the complete guide to traveling or touring europe with the motorhome or camper van and then i've got wild camping so those are my four and then i've also created them into courses but they are slowly being put on amazon so the first two well two versions of the europe one so printed copy and the ebook are now on amazon uh, motorhome made simple should be out within the next month my aim is to get that out for the nec show and then yeah amazing we'll go from there right oh, amazing and like mm. what was it like researching did you like just use your experience or did you research it as well or like yeah. did you learn a lot when you were like i did because i tried yeah. to a research what we did um i also tried to get other people's points of view because obviously it's not just us so yeah. certainly for things like um buying a motorhome or buying a camper van i spoke to a lot of people like why did you choose your van what why is that right for you why is that wrong with you so I could get a better idea on helping people like go through the process on things to look for and stuff Mm -hmm. and then of course with like the maintenance although I can't give everyone a step-by-step manual for their van that's what your actual manual's for but like you know (laughs) things to check before you go on a trip things to service you know planning a trip all of that stuff that when you you buy all a van you pay all this money for a van and then you're just like all right bye have a nice life yeah right and like well what do I do now and it is it's massive and it's stupid things like um people get get lost by things like gas because no mm-hmm. nobody's really deals unless you've had yeah. you know a gas system in your house or something when do people mm-hmm. deal with gas and yeah. like you know do you get refillable do you get exchangeable how do, how what do you kind do of all gas that do you absolutely use? Yeah. so that's yeah. been um well a lot of the feedback i've got has been really helpful mm-hmm. so that's been nice and the same for Europe. Some people are like, oh, I'd love to go to Europe, but I'm really intimidated by it. And it is intimidating, but doing anything new is intimidating. And I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of create a guide that hopefully made it seem a little bit more accessible and a bit less scary. Because you seem like you're the kind of person that has loads <laughs> oh, of ideas. God, I have so many plans. <laughs> yeah, like, what's your next plan? So I'm writing a digital nomad guide at the moment, but oh. that's probably going to not be out until the new year because I've got, obviously, the NEC show and all this stuff coming up. So... But yeah, how to downsize your life, how to live in a van, how to work from a van, because I think that's the next side of it that I haven't really covered yet. So that's going to be the next guide cool. that comes out at some point. And um, <laughs> you're talking about downsizing and about stuff earlier. Like yeah. I, um, I've got like I've gone through that process as well, and I found it like a really big, quite profound thing to do. Like, how was it for you that process of like downsizing and realizing? about stuff and all I found it really almost embarrassing so we'd lived on a boat for so long that we were quite used to not having 
loads of stuff and we have never subscribed to the have to have the latest tv or have to have this stuff we've always never kept up with the joneses but then we bought well we rented this house when my mother-in-law got sick and we thought we would need to sadly she passed away but we thought we would need to look after her um and it was a terrifying how much stuff in that Mm -hmm. i think we only had the house nine months but suddenly we had a house full of stuff and the boat and i'm like how much money have we spent on crap and um yeah i found that really quite embarrassing like how much yeah. money we just spent on stuff that we didn't really need so it was really nice kind of getting away from that and being able to downsize that and i i find not having a lot of stuff good but i find i have way too many clothes than oh, I do need, you? which is where my pillows come in because all my pillows are stuffed with clothes you're kidding nope or like in here, so that one had my big wagon. I'm gonna have to wagon. ask you to open a pillow now and show me what's that in That one's there. got a blanket. Oh, and then what a good idea. Oh, it's amazing. What a nice blanket. Thank you. And then I've got a hot water bottle and my <laughs> scarves. And yeah, you want cuddly things in? I mean, that one I think is just foam padding because I tend to sleep on these ones as like an extra yeah. cushion. Um, but the ones that I don't sleep on, yeah, yeah they've got underwear I and all it. sorts in. <laughs> The thing is, I'm the same, like, I've got quite a small van, and, like, I've just got clothes all over the place, yeah. and it does, that is one of the things, like, you can only downsize to a certain, because um, you do need clothes for different things, don't but you? But we're and girls, does... of course we do, well, and yes, then you need exactly. shoes to go with it all, yeah. and then you need, yeah, I mean, I'm not a massive accessory person, but I seem to have just bits everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you said you have a motorbike as well. Yes. Can you tell us a bit about your biker side biker so i've actually got a website about that as well that's biker girl life um and that's on instagram and tiktok as well Mm -hmm. and that i just i learned to ride about eight years ago when our daughter got old enough to want to go on the back of daddy i was like well that's my seat and she said well i want to go um so i either had to not go or learn to ride my own bike so yeah we we got bikes and then i didn't really use them because the uk was something where we live is a bit busy and a bit scary for new bikers and then uh, when my mother-in-law passed away that's how we got into motorhoming so we took the motorbikes to europe but we were staying in b&b's or we were staying at like biker stops but with our daughter biker stops aren't always the best place really no and then one day we literally rode past a motorhome pulling two motorbikes we're like that that is the answer to all our problems and we literally bought a motorhome the next week with a very very small budget that was the one that was totally wrong for us because we've done no research whatsoever oh my god um so yeah no we normally we tour with them um i've also just started doing some track days with the bike which is fun because you get to What's go a track day? so you know like race circuits like mm-hmm. um donnington park or brands okay. hatch or yeah. silverstone mm-hmm. or yeah so they do these days where you can take your own bike there and just ride around in circles quite quick oh wow and that's really good fun yeah <laughs> yeah i really enjoy doing Amazing. those so my husband's massively into that mm-hmm. um and he's really really quick so he enjoys doing that and he's got a little car as well that he mm-hmm. takes and he, he races that as well. So Scotland was one of your favourite um, mm. trips and you're going back there so obviously you really love it there. So mm-hmm. um, could you pick like a top three of places to pick? Cal's face, she's like, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. Um, oh my goodness. I think a lot of it depends on the weather and on oh, yeah. on the time of year that you go. Mm-hmm. Because obviously in the summer months now, it's so crowded that some of my favourite places have been a bit overrun. And admittedly, I haven't done the West Coast yet, the, like the famously pretty beaches. So of the places I have done, I love Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. It's just got a place in my heart because I used to go there oh. when I was a kid. So I love Loch Ness. Um, I love the Isle of Skye, but not when it's crowded in summer. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go, go well out of season. But it's just, it's incredible, the scenery. And I think, oh, third one. God, there was, I love the Cairngorms. Oh, yeah. They're I've just incredible. But I think just because it is it is what it is, it's got to be John O'Groats. And I know that's ridiculous. Have you been to John O'Groats? I've not, no. It's the most ridiculously touristy, underwhelming place you've ever been. But we went on our bikes and we got to put the bikes right up by the sign and just making it there. Even though it's the most stupid, it's not the most northern part of mainland Scotland. Oh. Um, and it just it's just such a symbolic place that I think everybody yeah. needs to go there and land then just because yeah. then you've done it. So, yeah, I think I need to put that. But I'm really looking forward to finding some new places. Amazing. Mm. Awesome. And, oh, well, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you today. And I'm sure that people listening are going to want to 
have a look at your website and your social media and everything like where can people find you everywhere <laughs> um so the website is wondering bird.com that's wondering with an a not an o because i know some people get confused by that and then on instagram and tiktok i'm wondering bird.adventures and on facebook ooh, i think i'm wondering bird.adventures on there as well actually and i'm on youtube if you type in wondering bird you'll find me they all come up yeah um but yeah no do come and say hi and if anybody's looking to either downsize or buy a van or just sort of getting into the whole thing then yeah come and connect with me instagram's probably the best place to get a response but yeah come and uh, come and say hi i'd love to chat to people brilliant and did you say that you're going to be doing a talk at the nec yeah so i've done a talks at the nec for the last couple of years and in october i'm doing one on norway our trip to norway which was amazing even though it rained most of the time it's just the most incredible country can't wait to go back uh, i'm also going to be at warner shows down in southwest motorhome show in Shepton Mallet in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll be talking then too. So, Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to spend some no, time with you No, thank you for today. having me. It's been yeah. so much fun. <laughs> well done. Cat and cat. Cat and cat. Yeah. Amazing. And the spiky mountains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. You can find She's at the Wheel on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to write to me, it's she's at the wheel at gmail.com. If you have a spare minute, please rate She's at the Wheel Van Life podcast five stars on iTunes as this helps other people find this podcast. See you next episode. I've got to go outside.